Okay, let's go. Um, so what are we gonna talk about first? What's the hot topics right now that you'd like to talk about? Man, the hot topic is what did we say we were gonna talk about today? Well, I think we can't not talk about Gabby Petito. Oh god, yeah, yeah. The autopsy was done. It was found that unfortunately she died by strangulation, mm-hmm. as we discussed this earlier in the week. Um, it's super personal. And I, Strangulation I, is personal. I don't want to, you know, murder. start accusing, but somebody out there hmm, that is that police can't locate. I think he did it. I think he did it guilty uh, as fuck. I think the partner did it as well. And again, you know, we can't keep making excuses for the police because he was a person of interest, and he should not have even been allowed to have like leave the country or abscond because he was clearly a, like a flight risk. But you know, I hope that they find um, him and the family are put to peace because that's completely sad. It's out of order. His story didn't make any sense. Not and, you know, she needs to be laid to rest properly and she deserves her justice. Definitely. Mm. And what really breaks my heart is the fact that police pulled them over right. ahead, of, ahead of the situation. Right. And it's so sad because it's just like, had you intervened? Mm. Like... You see, you see her face. You see her kind of, you know, alluding to the fact that you know he put his hands on her. You know, he was handling her in a in a bad way. He was aggressive, and you know we hear it all the time that just women are just not taken seriously. Right. It's always like, oh, you know, you're being a bit too dramatic. You know, I'm sure it's not that serious. Right. And now this young poor lady has lost her life. Um, I know everybody's guilt. Uh, sorry. Not guilty until proven innocent. I feel like some people, I feel like it should be that. <laughs> guilty till proven innocent. No, because that 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 starts muddying the waters because then you yeah. get false um not false confessions like um oh my god, this JD's gone to my head. Really? False, <laughs> we love to see um it. false imprisonment. No, false charges. So what the fuck am I trying to say? I know what you're trying to say. Falsely accused. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Falsely <laughs> <Sorry>. accused. <laughs> So I know everybody's innocent until proven guilty. But I mean, if you're so innocent, my G, and your partner's gone missing and you've just found out that your partner is is dead, where the fuck are you at? Exactly. Because let me tell you something right now. God forbid anything ever happens to my partner. Mm. I'll be out here campaigning on the streets. Everybody will be hearing my voice day right. and night. Right, right. So right. Hmm, they're campaigning outside of uh, outside of his, his family home, his sister's home, this and that. Y'all can't, you know, locate... Your 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 brother, your nephew, your your son. Hmm. Exactly. That's all I'm gonna say on that. And I also think that when a death is foul play, you should always look into even before looking into the family, you should always look into the partners, the husbands, um, the sightings. You should always look into that because um, they they need to be vindicated. Mm. You know, they need to be put out of the way. But more time, that's what happens. I mean, we spoke about that Netflix. Um, documentary about the guy that was on camera crying Mm -hmm. about his um wife and his kids going missing Mm -hmm. and she was pregnant and these times he had like eliminated all of the family Mm -hmm. so you know you should always look closer to home yeah it's It's sad sad. um rest in peace gabby again violence against women you know i'm I'm tired of talking about this every single week Mm -hmm. but um i hope she gets her justice yeah and talking of um violence against women Mm -hmm. uh me and marsano is another one that we wanted to talk about. I saw the video of her family outside of the apartment complex. Confronting the guy in it, yeah. 
and yeah. tears, just pure tears, because they knew exactly what's happened. Like you can hear God. one of the family members inside that, that in the back of the car screaming, like, "That's my blanket. He's got my blanket oh my God, with all no. of our blood, uh, bloods all over it." And police did nothing, and allowed that man to get away, you know, scot free, and to the point that he killed himself without, without, you know, um, getting the justice that they deserve because that man yeah. did it. Oh, he he definitely did. And one thing that I don't like about what the media has done regarding this story is that they've made him sound like a jilted lover mm. or, you know, this man that wanted to pursue this woman. It's like a rom-com and she rejected him. Yeah. He was a maintenance man that made inappropriate advances to her. She rejected it. Her being so young and living alone, he took it upon himself to, again, abuse his power mm-hmm. to gain entry to her home because he used a master key. He was a maintenance man. And he allegedly sexually assaulted her and killed her. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It it's, is. it's literally what we were talking about last time, which is just like, handle your urges. Handle the fact that, you know, not every advance you're going to make to anybody or everybody is going to be successful. And, you know, sometimes, you know, your romantic endeavours aren't always going to go your way. Oh, 100%. You take that on the chin. You say, you know what? I hear that. Respect it. And you keep that shit pushing. We're yeah. all adults here. That man is a big man. And that, that, man. that, that young woman was 19 years of yeah. age. Heartbreaking, yeah. beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, and you can't even be safe in your fucking account, uh, apartment complex. You can't. The fact that maintenance have access to your mm. house. Let me tell you a story. Ha, huh, mate. This is even brings me back to uni when it's just like anybody could just rock up in your room anytime. They can, they can. Because where um, I'm currently housed... There was, I made, I had made a complaint about something to do with the shower and they took weeks to come. And I remember this was when I had finished like a uni lecture. This was obviously during like COVID and I'd finished, it was online lectures. I'd fallen asleep. It was at 4 PM. I was exhausted. Um, I didn't hear the knocks on the door, but all I could see was someone had come into my room and I could see the light in the, um, in the corridor. And instantly like I was awoken and I, cussed him the fuck out. I said, get the fuck out of my room. Um, get the fuck out of my house. What the fuck are you doing here? Blah, blah. And he mm. was like, he was shocked that I was being rude to him. But why would I want to, to, to see a big silhouette? Like, why would I want to be woken up by that? Yeah. Get out. I don't believe that, you know, if a maintenance man hasn't like notified you, sent you an yes. email, a text, yes. you know, or- Common decency, common exactly, respect. Exactly. Like, like, even a couple of knocks, like someone could be in the shower and they, they didn't hear your knocks. That's even worse. I would have hated to have come out of the shower and so just like seen this See figure. Random dude there. That's mad. And that's exactly what we were talking about last time with the uh, the Night Stalker case where oh that poor yeah. old woman woke up and she sees this figure at the end of the bed. Like it's fucking terrifying to be in your safe space mm. and to see somebody that you did not invite mm. there. You did not expect to be there. Mm. It's not like your man just rocking up to like surprise you in the middle of the night. Like even that's quite scary. <laughs> It is. I've, I've already told you how I feel. I think one of my... I've got, I, I'm very fearful. I'm, I'm scared of a lot of things, but I think, like, probably top three out of the things that I'm very fearful about is just waking up and just to see someone, like, literally just standing over me. I'm fucking like, scared of home invasions, you know? I, I feel like I'll, I'll literally just, like... I won't even be like, take everything you want. Like, by the time you've even tried to grab me by the arm, I'm dead. Like, I'm... I'll, I'll, I'll die of shock. Like, there's just... Sorry, it's it's not, not going to happen, no, seriously. I'm like, like, no, I know, but it's just, to me, it's just, it's not, it's not going to click to me, like, Damn. the fact that it you're is, there. I'm like, done. Like, if you have a heart attack at that moment, you can't even blame yourself because, like, it's <clears throat> scary. That shit yeah. is fucking scary. Yeah. Like, 
I'm really, really, I'm very like security conscious. I get it from my dad. My dad's very yeah. much like that. Like he is. He is very much like that. We got like house alarm. My house has even got panic alarms. Like we, I, we do not fuck around. Like do not play. I love that. That is so cute. Oh, no, I know. I know. Um, and I feel like when I get, you know, when I buy my house, that's exactly how I'm gonna be because you can just never be too careful. Like you just people just don't have good like not everybody of course mm. but there's just a good population of people that just do not have good intentions and will do anything they can to try and you know get what's not theirs whether that's whether that's your possessions mm. whether that's whether that's even your body like it, it's it's fucked it's a, up it's in, it's entitlement and it's a form of control mm-hmm. like um because sometimes you know when people sit there and i hate one example that i really don't like that people tend to use is about like let's say rapists for example they'll say well there's plenty of sex workers all over they could use them and they could do that like what the one, fuck? one thing you need to like as in like one thing that you need to understand until we get past the fact that a lot of these criminals they do it for control they mm-hmm. do it for their own fetish that's when we can get further in the discussion in the conversation yeah. like some of these men don't sit there and, and say you know okay well I have these crazy fetishes. Let me go to a sex worker and do it. They're very like, I'm going to go for this girl because this is the girl that I want. I'm entitled to her and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which yeah. is why it's it's sad that there are some people that are like that. You know, even things like murderers, it's sad that there's people that walk around like in our presence like this, even thieves. But there are just some people that are just like, it's instilled in their head. If I want something, I'm, I'm going to go and get it. I don't care if I hurt someone. I don't care if I scar them for life. This is the f- what the fuck I want and I'm going to get it. Do you know what I mean? It's disgusting, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Really disgusting. And before mm-hmm. we move on to our stories, I did mm-hmm. just want to touch on, obviously there's, you know, horrible violence and, you know, you lost these two wonderful women as well. Yeah. But the story of Jelani Day. <sighs> yeah. There's still so many details that we don't know. Yeah. But I did just want to, you know, pay our respects to him, to his family, and the, yeah. the, the horrible things that they're going through at the moment, trying to figure out what happened to their son, mm-hmm. what happened to their brother, what happened to their nephew. It's 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 despicable. Such a young and handsome man. Yeah. Um, you Life know, ahead of him. Honestly, graduated, had, you know, ambitions, and, you know they're still wondering what happened to him mm. and why he's been mutilated. Um, and unfortunately, there's just still so many questions unanswered. I hope that he gets his justice and, you know, his family gets their peace. Mm-hmm. Well, you can never get peace when you lose a child. But um, I hope that they, they get their answers because there are running rumours that are going around that, you know, his organs were missing and things like that. And we don't want to sit there and um, add to that because mm-hmm. we, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. But I'm hoping to God that that's not where it is because there's a huge black market in the US um, yes. regarding black people organs. And I hope that that is not the case. You know what? On, in the US, but across the world, you and I went on holiday once uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say where. but we went oh, on what? holiday when I tried once. to get my breast reduction on on deets <laughs> about that holiday you really want to go there all right we went on holiday once right god. um <laughs> we've had some fucking adventures you and I um oh god and I remember them telling us that especially black women there was a lot of vans just pulling up mm. 
you know, targeting black women, yeah. snatching them off the road, and they weren't to see like to be seen again. And I remember that was like a big fear in our heads when we were yeah. when we were over there. Um, yeah, because many um, many African women they they go there for you know just just the jobs, like you know they hide for the help. Some go for sex work, um, and it, the country that we went to, I'm not gonna name any names, but. <laughs> They, they don't respect their own women, so they're definitely not going to respect a black body. So when we would hear things like this, like, my auntie that lives out there was just very weary. Like, she was very, like, you know, be back by this time and take this... Remember, she'd be like, take this tram, do this, do that. Um, and we just had to be careful at all times because, you know, we, we were two Western girls, but, you know, it, it didn't matter. We could open our mouths and say, hey, yo, stop doing this at the third. As, as far as we're concerned, we were just two black women, and it was just anything could have happened. That was a very dangerous trip, and I keep apologizing to Manet, and I'm going to keep apologizing to Manet. That was crazy. Okay, guys, I wanted my breast reduction, and I wanted it on the cheap. This guy was like, I can do it for you half price. It went left. I still haven't got my breast reduction, but, you know, we move. Cindy, do you want to keep that in? Keep what in? What of that? I absolutely want to keep all of that in. Oh, okay. (laughs) It is what it is, though. It is what if if anyone hasn't seen me before, anyone would know that you know. I have a big chest. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, I, I went there for a reason because I don't like it. It's, it's it's one of my insecurities. But you know, hey ho, what can we do? No, I, I love you. No, I, I love I love how confident and um, how you own it, man. And to be honest, listen, <laughs> it was <laughs> a lot was going on at the time, but at the end of the day, now we're years down the line. We can sit back, we can laugh at it. We've got fucking lives and we've got an amazing and fun podcast that we could do together and we can laugh at shit. And that's that's the all part of growth, innit? We go through yeah. shit. And at the time, it's just like, what the fuck has happened? What are we doing? I still don't have my breast reduction. <laughs> but still, it's just, it's so fun that we can sit down and laugh at laugh at ourselves i think that's all that's the beauty of life in it i mean everyone's heard how the saying goes if you don't laugh like you'll cry and i believe that you know in the 27 years because i'm 27 this year in the 27 years of my life like i've just lived a life like there's just so many stories about myself where it's just kind of like cindy how did you survive that how are you alive like cindy like how are you talking to this person like there's just way 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 too many stories but you know god's using me as a vessel i'm proud to be here um i'm proud to tell the stories so yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's get these stories popping. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go. Get them popping. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. So you're gonna go first today, aren't you? I am gonna go first. Hi-ya. I am gonna go first. So a couple of years ago, I watched this film that was directed by Larry Clark. Ooh. Um I think I've told you about the film Kids and how I feel like that film should be used as like an, oh, an educational purpose. Tell me about this film. Right. Is it based on this film? It's not. So, but Larry Clark directed Kids and I genuinely okay. believe that, guys, it was set in 1994. These are the two films that you should watch. You should watch Kids because that's really cautionary tale And the one that this is based on, this murder is based on, is called Bully and you should definitely watch it as well because they told it to a T. Okay. Um, but when I watched the film, it really traumatized me because I just kept researching. You know, when you just become obsessed with something, I was on Reddit, I was on Wikipedia, I was on Murderpedia, I was watching um, so many documentaries on this shit. And um, 
it's just crazy. It's honestly just crazy because the guy that was murdered wasn't a nice person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just a whole bunch of kids that were basically just sick of this guy's shit and just banded together and went, you know what, fuck it. Let's just, let's do what we need to do. That being said, this is the murder of Bobby Kent. Have you heard of this? No, I've never heard of it. Oh um, <laughs> obviously, as much as this person might have done what he did, mm. I don't know, but obviously no one deserves to get murdered, but I'm interested no. to find out the details of this. And um, I love me a good film. Um, watch it, watch it. Yeah, and, and you, you always get with, you always got um, good man uh, recommendations. So I will definitely be watching kids and I will definitely be watching Billy once I find out about the story. So go ahead. Okay, good. Okay, so let's get started. <clears throat> so Bobby Kent was a 20 year old man of Iranian American descent that was murdered by seven people, including his best friend, Martin Marty Puccio. The murder occurred in Western Florida. Okay. So here's a little backstory on Bobby. Bobby was born on May the 12th, 1973 to Iranian immigrants, Fred and Farah, whose actual surname was Kayan. He attended the South Broward High School and was said to have above average grades. According to his best friend, Marty, all of the conspirators and the main prosecuting attorney, Bobby Kent was loved by all the parents, all the adults, but mainly hated and feared by his peers as he tended to bully them. So let's go into his early life and his relationship with this Marty guy. Okay. Bobby had formed a friendship with Marty Puccio when they were young. Marty was Italian-American and had grown up in a Roman Catholic household. The pair had been friends since they were children. However, when they grew into their adolescence, there were clear signs of an unequal relationship. Kent would tend to humiliate and beat Marty, which Marty's parents have claimed they had witnessed at first hand. They had also claimed that Marty had often come home bruised and bleeding. Both of the men's parents were uncomfortable about the relationship. The Puccios, with the abuse, and Kent's family claiming that Marty was a bum as he had dropped out of high school. Okay, but aren't you going to collect up your child and be like, don't be bullying Marty regardless? But he used to act like a certain way in front of adults. Uh, so he had a, like a split personality. Yeah. So they weren't to know. They were to put up a good Do front. you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So I'm pretty sure that when a lot of this came out, they were thinking, uh, no, not my child. Do Listen, you know what I mean? You know what? That's the one thing I, I think I really want to try and... I really want to try and be um, like privy to as like when I become a mother, which mm. is just like your child's going to be one way around you. And mm. that doesn't mean like it's going to be a psychopath wherever else like they go. Mm. But even us as like teenagers, you're, you're one way in front of your parents. You're another way in front of your friends. Right. And it's just like you cannot be too sure as to how your ch- your child is acting when you your, ch- your, you your, your back is turned. You can't. And um, just be privy to that. Like just, just, just be aware of that because... And it's just hard though, isn't it? You can't, you it can't be a fly hard. on the wall wherever your child is at. You can't, because one thing that you need to understand is you could give your child the best upbringing. You can involve them in so many extracurricular stuff. Um, you could teach your your daughter to be a debutante, but we raise our kids fifty percent, and mm. the other fifty percent is society. Like I've always said that. So whatever they learn behind your back, it isn't like you can't be blamed sometimes, mm. unless it's you that's doing that. Unless it's like oh, at home. Um, we had him smoking weed at 12 and when he's out, he's smoking. It's like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. But with kids, um, when you reach adolescence, there's just so many like emotions, hormones, urges that you're going through that you're going to be taught other things that you really can't speak on in front of your, like your kids. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I do hope is that when I do have my kids, it's, 
you can be free to talk to me about anything. I don't want anything to ever come as a shock when it comes to my kids. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You okay there, love? I needed the burp. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody hear that? Okay. So, over the years, the young men soon um, became frequent gym heads and were rumoured to have taken steroids. It was said by Puccio that this would intensify Kent's abuse towards him. His behaviour was described as erratic and aggressive. Kent and Puccio had experimented in di- with directing homosexual pornographic films, hoping to distribute them to local shops. Neither Kent nor Puccio participated in these movies, but allegedly directed them and coaxed a Florida man in his 40s to perform on camera. Mm-mm, wait, hold on, sorry. How old are these How old are these two? I would say about 18. Raw, 18, and they're, they're coercing a big 40-year-old man to be doing that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rotted. Okay. Exactly. exactly. So Kent tried to peddle a movie uh, titled Rough Boys to pawn shops across South Florida. None took him up on the offer due to the poor audio and video quality, as well as the lack of any sexual activities in the film beyond the man dancing nude and playing with the dildo. Okay. Each their own. I mean, do you know what I <laughs> do? You know what I get from this relationship mm. between um, Marty Puccio and Bobby Kent. I think something happened mm. between them. Okay. Whether Marty consented to it or not, we'll never know because he's he still hasn't spoken on it. But okay. I definitely think that something occurred because the fact that their relationship was so intense mm-hmm. and um, he was like enabling or allowing this abuse to happen to him. Mm-hmm. You know how it is with domestic violence. Yeah. You know, you can sit there and be like, just leave him, just leave him, or just leave her. But Yeah, it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like, oh, but he's this, he's that. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll never know, because one is dead and one is not speaking. But we'll never know. So, towards the beginning of 1993, Puccio was now age 20. He had began dating Lisa Connolly. He was age 18. Frustrated by how much time Puccio would spend with Kent, as well as Kent's treatment of Puccio, Connolly tried to distract Kent from Puccio by setting her up with her friend named Alice Ali Willis. Kent and Willis dated for a few weeks, but she ultimately ended the relationship because he was abusive. There was a rumour that he had sexually assaulted Ali. In June, Puccio confided to Connolly that Kent had been abusive to him quite often over the years. Connolly tried to convince him to end the, the friendship, but Puccio seemed hesitant. By this time... Connolly knew she was pregnant with Puccio's child and was determined to pursue a permanent relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, Connolly decided that Kent needed to be eliminated permanently and began talking to Puccio and other friends about murdering him. Oh, wow. This is the girlfriend. This has gone left. This is Marty's girlfriend. This is not what I was expecting. So if you watch the film and you watch the way she's portrayed, she was just so far up Marty's ass. Like She was so whipped over him. That she, the fact that she didn't want to share her time with, like Kent's time with Marty, like with her, I can kind of like. It was just too intense. All of these, I don't. I think do you know what, it was the steroids that were heavy. That they were trying other drugs, like they were drinking heavily and stuff like that. I definitely think that they were just thinking, well, well let's just kill him. Let you know, we might as well. Was that a Florida accent? I don't know. <laughs> Um, let me tell you this i don't care how much i love somebody yeah 
I'm not holding an M charge for you, you know, still. Like, I love you, Sin. Trust me, like. I love you too, babe. But I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready to, to, to murder a man over you, you know. Unless they murdered you first. That's different. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even my own man, like. I don't think I would just murder for you. Mm. Just for the, like, if, like, I feel like you, you're big and ugly enough, like, to to make those decisions yourself. Cut that yeah. person off if you want to cut them off. Like, mm-hmm. but murder's a bit mad. But we're both, <laughs> what you need to understand is we're both of sane mind and a lot of conspirators think they're going to get away with it. Hence True. why when they speak in this way, they're not thinking, well, what if we're going to get caught? They speak in the way of, we're going to do this and then we're going to get some money and we're going to ride off in the sunset and yeah. no one's ever going to know. Our conscience is never going to like haunt us. We're going to be fine. Mm. The problem's eliminated. Mm. They don't think like far ahead. They're just thinking in the now, like let's get rid of the issue. Yeah. But no, I totally agree. Like I'm, I'm not clear for anyone apart from, you know, my kids. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. That's a different story, mate. And again, that's only if you put your hands on them. And if so, God help you. Exactly. Exactly. Because when you meet a bitch like me, <laughs> oh my days. <laughs> God damn. So, <laughs> on July the 13th, 1993, Lisa Connolly called Ali and told her that Bobby Kent was planning to come to Palm Bay, where Willis was living, to murder her and smother her baby by a previous relationship. Oh, wow. Unless she returned to Broward County to date him again. We don't know if that's true. Okay. We, all we know is Connolly might have said to Ali, like, you know... To egg her on, basically. Mm. Like, oh, we need to do this out of her to be in on the plan. Yeah. People say and do whatever, huh? Exactly. So Willis claims that Connolly asked her to come to Connolly's house to discuss murdering Bobby Kent. So I definitely think she she put fire under her to be like, oh, she wants to kill your child. Like, you need to get involved in this murder. And like we just said, if anybody touches the babies, it's on. It's on site. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So Willis went to Connolly's house and bought two friends. Her current boyfriend... I hope I'm saying it right. Donald Semenek, who was aged 17, and Heather Swallows, who was aged 18. These are small people. To be exactly. Like this. Exactly. On the night of July the 13th, 1993, it was Puccio, Semenek, Swallows, Connolly, and Willis that met with Kent. Puccio, Semenek, and Swallows became uncomfortable and left. Connolly and Willis lured Kent to a new development under construction with the promise that he would be able to drive Willis's Mustang and have sex with her. Connolly had brought along her mother's pistol intending to kill Kent while he was distracted by sexual activity with Willis but was unable to go through with it. <clears throat> yeah, this- me too, girl. I haven't, I haven't got the, I haven't got the balls. For That's why you don't know. talk that talk. Do you I don't. Don't honestly. be up in the car like, yeah, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. Honestly. And now the time comes, like, ah, you know, I'm not on it. You know. You know, one time <laughs> I went to a shooting range in Texas. Yeah. What the fuck? You know this. When I was living out in California, yeah. I went to my cousins for Thanksgiving. They lived in Dallas, mm. and I went to a shooting range. And even just holding a gun, I was thinking, this is fucking brazy. <laughs> It's really brazy. Like, that thing is scary, Dag. Brazy, brazy. Like, truly. So, like, listen, if you can, like, talk the talk, make sure you can walk the walk, yeah, man. Yeah, Because, like I said, only if, like, someone, like, endangers my friends or my family, my loved ones, mm. then, yeah, you know, it's it's on. But murder, just for the fact of, you know, you, you love the dude, you care about the dude, you want him all to yourself, mm. it's a bit peak. I believe that the fact that, Connolly was the ringleader and managed to get so many of these kids onto this. 
she's not as innocent. No. She, she gets very manipulative vibes. Yes. Look at how her lying to her friend Ali and saying, oh, you know, Kent wants to kill your child if you don't date him again. Like, what was your thought process in, in thinking that? You knew that she was going to be on side after you said that. All for penis. Is it ever that deep? No dick is ever <laughs> worth all of that. Like, I'm telling you that. <laughs> he no, said this dick dude. ain't free. No, 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 no. You know, if it's a basketball player and he's six for eight, yeah. Cindy, listen. Like, then maybe. We need to have an intervention with you no, and these basketball players. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> you know when Americans say I ain't gonna hold you? That's really funny to me. Yeah, because Pap says that all the time and he pisses ah. me Says it all the time. I ain't gonna hold you. Like, hold me where? Like, where are we going with this? It's basically like how we say, I'm not gonna lie. Anyway, child. <laughs> Um, so despite the failed attempt, Connelly still wanted Kent dead. Seeking assistance, she contacted a self-proclaimed hitman called Derek Kaufman, age 20, who had been recommended by a friend of Willis's. The group met Kaufman at his house in Rolling Oaks. They wanted him to get a gun so they could kill Kent that night, but Kaufman told them he couldn't procure a weapon that quickly. Willis, Connolly, Semenek and Swallows then went back to Connolly's house and were joined by Connolly's cousin, Derek Zverko. There's a Z and a V, so okay. we're just going to call him Zverko. Okay. <laughs> Age 19. Right. The group continued to discuss their plans and ultimately decided to go ahead with murdering Kent the next night with Kaufman's assistance. While planning the murder, the group had intended on blaming the act on a gang of black men. Oh, fucking classic. You know how that shit goes. They wanted to basically make it seem like, okay, let's do all of this fuckery to him and then let's just blame it on a rival gang. However, these kids showed no signs of being involved in gang activity. So if they were to go and sit there and blame it on a bunch of black, it would be like a merciless killing. Like it would just be like, they went on a rampage and hopped in a car and and just killed this this great like this amazing Iranian American guy that had great grades that was so good to everyone that the neighborhood loved. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You know, all I can think of is that <clears throat> Nene Neek's um meme. Which one? Like how I get <laughs> how I get dragged in the sea. I, I, bet, the, the, I, I bet the, the course, men in fucking Florida were like, now why am I in it? Because honestly. Why are the blacks always drawn into it? I'm I'm fed up. I'm fed up. You know, I saw that. I know you saw it too the other the, the other day where that guy um went down to Brighton and and um attacked his ex girlfriend with acid, but he in the in the in the the, the blacks um woman's suit right, right. Yeah. even like his big mama. What the fuck is that about? Like, listen, if you want to do what you want to do, that's that's one thing. It's fucked up. But don't be bringing <clears> us <throat> man into it. We're already dealing with enough problems. Don't be adding to that shit. But I, I think that the reason as to why um, a lot of other, like, races tend to do that is to one, throw off the scent, and two... Because they know that that, that it, it was it's, it, that people think it's credible. It's just, exactly. It's just very, it, it's just very easy. Do you know, sometimes... Fake. I've read so many crime stories because I watch Deadly Women a lot and I've seen so many crime stories and the women were like, oh, it was a black guy that kidnapped the kids. It was a black guy that that, that um, broke into the car. It was, And there was one that always stuck with me because this woman killed her two kids. She pushed the, the, the car, she pushed the car into the river while the kids were still strapped in there and killed them because she wanted to be with them. Her, her side thing that didn't accept kids. 
and again yeah. no dick is that important it's not it's not worth it your own kids your own you ha- you held them kids and birthed them nine some, months some, some each. of them don't care some no, of them don't care man. but what she did with, that was really fucked up was she lied and said it was a black man that did it or black men that did it and for the whole of that year black men were just terrorised a whole bunch of black men were interrogated terrorised asked for DNA you know be- simply because this this frail white woman said, two of my, my baby boys are dead. Black men did it. Go and harass them. Instead of you to hold the fucking L, you did what you wanted to do. Hold that. Hold that. I, and that's what I'm saying about murder. Like, I am telling you right now, my conscience, the way my conscience is, my conscience eats me alive even if I, even if I eat, um, even if I still pick a mix from the shop. Oh, same. So, same. Um, I know for a big fact, yeah, that I can't do, I can't do murder because I can't do the crime and do the time. I, I can't. I can't do that. So, bitch. um, if you if you're bitch. gonna do that, just hold it with your chest. You had chest to do it. Now you have to hold it. Magnum is so disgusting. Hell nah. Okay. I want that drink. I think I'm. I think I'm an embarrassment to Jamaica because what kind of that drink is nasty. I'm sorry. You can never be an embarrassment to Jamaica. <laughs> do you know who is though? That fucking night stalker. I still can't get over the fact Del that he's Ray from. Yeah. He's a yeah, piece of shit. Piece piece of shit. shit. Anyway, <clears throat> go ahead. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Okay, so blame it on a gang of black men. Yawn. So, late on the night of July 14th, 1993, the seven joined together at Puccio's house and finalised their plans. Puccio contacted Ken and convinced him to come out with the group that night with the promise that they would race their cars and that Willis wanted to have sex with him again. The group assembled their weapons. Between them, they had two knives, a lead pipe and a baseball bat. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Around 11.30pm, they picked Ken up from his home and headed out to the construction site. When when they arrived at the site, Willis, in accordance with the plan, took Kent off to a secluded spot where they were talking. Swallows joined them there. While she and Willis distracted Kent, Seminek came up and stabbed Kent in the back of the neck with a knife. When Ken Ken asked Puccio's help, Puccio stuck a knife in Kent's stomach. Kent yelled out an apology. He kept saying, yo, whatever I did, I'm sorry, please, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But Puccio continued to stab him. When Kent tried to flee, Puccio, Semenek and Derek Kaufman followed him and continued wounding him. Puccio then slit Kent's throat and hit his head, um, and he hit his head across the ground. against graphic. Against Cindy. He hit his head on the ground. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, come on. You're fine, you're fine. I'm doing too much. Like, this is not an English essay. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry kaufman then approached and hit ken in the head with the baseball bat which was the final blow after this jvergo semenek puccio and kaufman helped dump kent's body on the edge of the shore of the marsh in belief that the alligators would eat the decaying body Mm-mm. this is what a lot of um this is how a lot of people get caught when they throw the bodies in the river. Bodies float. Mm-hmm. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Like, when, when we don't have oxygen no more and we've voided our bowels, we get very heavy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We could be heavier than, than sometimes, like, really big suitcases. So, um, when people try to throw, the, like, the bodies in there, like, it just, it, it, it never works. And even when they think that wild animals will eat them, what you need to understand with animals is that they they're not that greedy. Like they will leave a piece on the like. They'll leave a piece on the yeah, side. Fam, they're not gonna. A human body is a lot of meat, you know. It is. 
Like, alligators aren't just going to be like, chomp, chomp, chomp. There you go. Like, it's not going to just suck you up like a exactly. fucking... What's that thing? An anaconda? Yeah, I think is that an, is that an anaconda that can eat your whole body, or is it like a bow constrictor? I'm not fucking Steve Irwin, okay? Um, <laughs> but hey, rest I, in peace to my G, Steve. Oh, Irwin, what like, a G! That is that my one. childhood gone way too was, soon, yeah, man. That, that and you know he, he's he's <laughs> your mate, and his daughter's um. She she does the animal yeah, stuff as well. It's so cute. So cute. Sometimes she does like the the befores like with him, the throwbacks and stuff. I'm sorry, that is it's too so, cute. It is cute. God, um, cute. God rest his soul. Honestly, and you know it's on site for that jellyfish. It was even a stingray. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's on site. Jeez. Yeah, talking of jellyfishes. Yeah, with this hat on. You kind of the one one for Shark Tank. Oh my God! Yes, bitch. That one for Shark Tank. Don't worry, eh? About a thing. Ah ah ah, Cause every little thing, it's gonna be alright. Don't sing that song, man. Fuck it out. Those accents were really bad. Shark was really good. I really love Shark I'll never get tired of that. That and Shrek. Yeah, I'll never get tired of that. Oh, her classics. Honestly. Okay. It's not every podcast we must sing, you know. It is. But it is, though. But it is. <laughs> so, in the following day of the crime, many of the conspirators confessed to various other people, like kids do. Um, Connolly confessed to her mother, who contacted her sister, who's Javergo's mother. Together, they took Connolly and Javergo to see their brother, Joe Screamer, who had friends in the police department and who they had thought would know what to do. Screamer's friends brought them in touch with Detective Frank, forgive me, Ilarza of the Broward County Sheriff's Office and a cooperative Javergo confessed everything. As proof, he led Ilarza to Kent's body. So. Mm-mm. Let's do the sentences. We love some sentences. We do love some sentences. So, Martin Puccio, who was his best friend, was charged with first-degree murder and was originally sentenced to death on August the 3rd, 1995. In 1997, the Supreme Court of Florida ruled that Puccio should not be executed due to mitigating factors, so his death sentence was commuted to life in prison with parole eligibility within occurring in 25 years. He remains in custody in Acadia, Florida. Dominic Semenek, who was Ali's boyfriend was sentenced to life in prison plus a concurrent 15 year sentence for conspiracy he remains a late correctional institution in claremont florida Derek kaufman was sentenced to life in prison without parole for 25 years plus a concurrent 30 year sentence for conspiracy he remains in custody in the tomica correctional institution near daytona florida now let me tell you something about Derek kaufman so he was recommended Mm -hmm. because he would brag about being a local hitman Okay. Now get this. Apparently it was all a lie. He wasn't a hitman. It was all a lie. It was what? all a lie. Like apparently he just used to brag because um it was said that it was his parents or his family that owned these guns and, and stuff like that. So I feel like it's like what I've told you about the whole pack mentality thing. I feel like now when the going got tough and they were all doing these violent acts, he was like, Well, I've got to prove myself to these people because I've bragged about it so many oh. times. So, um, Derek Kaufman was not about that life, baby. Hmm. Trash. <laughs> Your life just done like that. Trash. Lisa Connolly, the manipulator, 
was initially <laughs> sentenced to life in prison, um, in prison without the possibility of parole. <laughs> in prison. In prison. <laughs> so get this though. Yeah, yeah. Her sentence was overturned on appeal as unduly harsh and was sentenced in 1998 to 22 years. She was released in February 2004. The master manipulator. And this is why I think some 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 women especially do these type of things because they know, especially if you're a, a, a great manipulator like that, you know that if you can potentially manipulate your way out of something, play the whole damsel in distress, oh, you know, I didn't know it was going to go down like that, it might play in their favour. That is pathetic. But absolutely pathetic. She was sentenced to life without parole and they, they called it unduly harsh. Hmm. You think it's harsh? Mastermind behind murder. I mean, this guy does sound like a piece of shit. However, he, he didn't. De- he didn't deserve to go down like that. He 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 didn't. <clears throat> One thing that you need to understand is is that we are not the judge and jury of anyone. Amen. We don't control anyone's bodies. Like, which is why sometimes when I hear certain stories, it doesn't matter how grotesque or how bad the situation is. I try to refrain from being like death sentence. Do this, dude. I'm not God. Okay, I don't like. I always feel like God will deal with that, or I feel like the universe will deal with that, but. Some people like to take it upon themselves and they think that they're doing the greater good Mm -hmm. because they thought they were doing the greater good by basically getting rid of the town's bully. But these times, you know, your life's just gone just like that. Like, listen, just bang him up, man. If if he if you want to bang him up, you know, a little bit of jungle justice, just give him a few slaps. I think the slap him up. (laughs) I I feel like I feel like, yeah, that could have been a way to go about it. But I feel like because they didn't want to be met with him the next day, they were so fearful of this guy. And no man should put fear in you like that. But then again, we didn't live this. We didn't live what they were living. That's seven man on one man, though. Yeah. Like, but it's true. Like you said, we we didn't live it. We don't know how much like how much crud he was actually on. But yeah. that's really mad, you know. It is mad. That's really it is mad. mad. It is mad. Um, so Alice Willis was charged with second degree murder and sentenced to forty years imprisonment. And 40 years probation on May the 19th, 1995. I'm sorry, but imagine being on, on probation for 40 years. That woman can't smoke weed, like, ever again. <laughs> she can't smoke weed. Because, you know, they do them random tests. Like, she's, 40 she's years finished, is you know. a long time. She's finished, like... <laughs> like, even probation, even though, you obviously, you're, you're, you're free, you don't have to be in prison. Mm. It's just peak. Like, it's just very peak. It is. She was, so she was, her sentence was reduced on appeal to 17 years and she was released um, from secure custody in September 2001. But like I said, she remains in, like she remains on on probation. All now? All now. This, because remember this happened only in 1993. That means she's been on probation for for longer than we've lived. Yeah. That's perfect. It's not going to happen anytime. We're going to get old and she's still going to be on probation. Mm-mm. Exactly. <laughs> so Derek Shverko, um pleaded guilty to second degree murder. He was sentenced to eleven years in prison and was released from custody in October nineteen ninety nine. And lastly, Heaven Heather Swallows pleaded guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to seven years in prison. And she was released from custody in February nineteen ninety eight. So let me tell you something about this whole like story how it's been portrayed in the media and how it's been said in the film, the bully film, 
like Marty was like this victim. Like he was, because I remember watching one documentary and Marty's mum was like, he used to she he used to beat my child, he used to molest my child. I didn't know what was going on, blah blah blah. It's like the third. Marty's innocent. But there are several accounts where apparently Marty just used to give as good as it got. Like apparently he was a bully too. But you know what? That slide doesn't shock me. Yeah. For you to roll around with a guy like that anyway. Yeah. And you don't even want to cut him off when your girl's telling him to cut him off. Mm. That means, you know, birds of a feather and that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. like I said he doesn't he didn't deserve to get murdered no, no, no. but I personally couldn't imagine me just living my life around the person that's that's like that that's such a bully I mean the thing is like you said Stockholm Syndrome and mm. you might just be so fearful of the guy that you kind of just go along with it mm. like I'm not saying life in anything is that is that simple but ooh child I mean again because apparently they used to they, they used to bully mentally challenge people they used to bully everyone like and again, we'll never know the true story, but I definitely believe that there are some sexual connotations in this. Like, I do believe that there are, like, I, I wouldn't know, I, I'm not going to sit here and speak and, and say that it was consensual or not. I'm not going to sit here and say that they were having a full-blown relationship, but for them to be involved in anything in the world and they decided to get involved in gay pornography to, mm-hmm. to make money is very dodgy and... Again, their their friendship slash relationship, whatever the hell that was go- going on, that's not a brotherhood. I think it was just a little way more intense than that. Yeah, or you're just like bonded through some sort of trauma or some sort of fucked up situation. Yeah, I mean, 100%. But um, we'll just never know. But again, we, we can't really sit there and be like, Bobby Kent got as good, like, he got what he deserved because the bottom line is, is that a family had to sit there in court and have seven kids tell them that, well, he sexually assaulted me, well, he bullied me, well, he slapped me, well, he did this, he did that. So there's a family that are mourning their child and probably still don't believe that this is, you know, what's happened. But that's a tragic story of um, Bobby Kent. Sins. You told that beautifully. Thank you. We don't fuck with bullies. We don't fuck don't, with They bullies. don't deserve to die, but they do deserve to... Learn a lesson that maybe reforms them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean every bully gets, you know, the, the deserves their just desserts. Do you know what I mean? But, again, we're not judging jewellery. You can't get up and be like, okay, this is it. I'm going to fucking, like, kill them. Like... I can understand. You know, sometimes when you're from a, from a small town, sometimes a lot of people may think there's no way out of this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to get out of this. This is my life. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I always live in. One thing that mm-hmm. you need to understand with with teenagers as well is, is that with teenagers, even with relationships, it's just so intense for them. Mm-hmm. They just think that this is the, the person the I'm going to be with. And the Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So when something goes wrong, they act on impulse. Because these people are sitting in jail now or they're on probation for 40 years or doing whatever they're doing. Mm. And they're probably sitting there and they're thinking, I did, I'm an adult now. I'm living my life. I should not have done that. I know I should not have done that. But again, being from a small town and being a teenager, like teenagers think they know everything. It's, you know what? It's really fucked up when you make stupid decisions as a kid yeah. or as a teenager because that shit does live with you for life. Even those times where you're just like, why did I do that in class that time? 
like all those years ago that was really embarrassing i know why did i tell a guy yeah like <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> I, that i loved him when i was like 16 like girl same i did some stupid things for, for stupid man like and that, he did nothing for me like oh don't even get me <sighs> don't get me started please I was like, yes, baby, give me nothing while I give you <laughs> like, like poems and shit. Talking oh, of give goodness. me nothing, have you seen Sleep Bay? Oh my God. He has <laughs> one tooth. He has one tooth. He Everyone, was just please. there hoovering the whole room while he was sleeping. Mm-mm. Wow. The way he was sleeping was pissing me off. No, it was. It was like. The way he was sleeping was I know sometimes you want to take a picture of your man like. I've been a culprit of it myself. And it's just like, oh, look at him. He's sleeping so safe and sound. Like, oh, that's my man's. I'm sorry. That man was not cute enough to be taking those pictures. Um, no, not that he was not cute enough, but the position that he was sleeping in was not giving me anything. Like, why why, why, why would you want to be, like, documenting that moment? He was hoovering the whole... All the air in the room was getting sucked up by him. Bye. Bye. Just get out. I just want better for my gender because we're losing. We've been losing lately. Like, just I just, I just <laughs> need bad. to stop with the. You know what? Yeah, the nights are getting colder and it's getting darker quicker. Like, please stop housing these homosexuals. That's all I have to say. <laughs> the homosexuals is really making me laugh because that that term is really funny to me. It's fucking hilarious. Like, like if a guy, like, you've met him and things are going well and he's getting to know you let's say probably like, like a week into it or something like that and he's he always wants to be all up in your house and it seems like he's not really doing much he doesn't have a lot going for him that's the first red flag and i feel like i know we talk about red flags and things like that <coughs> excuse me but that one is one that just can't be ignored like i i get it like i i can have some obsessive tendencies and i love spending time you know with bay but what you need to understand is is that when uh, like a guy is literally just all up in your house all the time like all hours of the day and night and you haven't seen him pick up a fucking laptop or, or <laughs> you know check a fucking email then please you need to look the other way because before you have before you know it you're gonna have someone in your yard for six months to a year you won't be doing shit for you and it'll be hard to get him out as well and you don't want that god forbid you're just there you know what that uni i used to see girls that really used to just be making food for man like catering to man like they've been married for 25 years and then some God. just thinking sweetie this is not what your parents sent you down here for exactly. 9k a year exactly god forbid i'm so happy i wasn't one of those bitches god forbid exactly and i think what makes it even worse is that um like i just wish that okay so here's how i see it I think that a lot of people look at Instagram and they look at um, famous relationships and stuff like that. And whether people want to admit it or not, a lot of people are lonely. Mm. And so a lot of people end up settling. Oh, well, he comes to me home, like he comes home to me every night or he eats this pizza for me or, mm. you know, he, he he's done this, he's done that. He must love me and blah, blah, blah. And I believe that a lot of people, like they lower their standards out of loneliness. But... You're damaging yourself. And I believe that you're building more trauma for yourself when you are just tolerating so much shit. Because until people begin to realise that in this life, no one is worth you losing yourself and love is not supposed to go in that way. It doesn't go in that direction. You will avoid so many situations. If anyone is listening to me, man or woman, and you feel that you are settling or you have tolerated so much stuff in the word in the word or the name of love, you need to just kind of get up and be like, you know what? This ain't it. 
No, truly. I mean, I was definitely not one of those girls that was making rice for mana at uni. Girl for what? But listen, as much as I say I'm so I'm so happy I was not one of those bitches. I definitely did some stupid stuff for man, especially oh, yeah, when so I was I. a teenager. Especially when I was a teenager. And I think it's because when you're trying to figure out how to love yourself and you don't know how to do that yeah. and you look for that love in someone else, yeah. you go above like above yeah. um, and beyond for people. Yeah. And yeah. as much as we sit, sit and kiki about it, it's actually really sad. And yeah, we just learn from our mistakes. Please, please girls, please if you're at uni it. right now, put the tilde down. It's all right. Please, honeys. Listen, we learn from our experience. Yeah, no, no. You definitely, you definitely, I think in life, like, you just have to put yourself first. Mm. And sometimes you've got to look at certain situations, especially when you're pursuing someone or you're starting to like someone. you got, it's, it's, how is that person making you feel? Mm -hmm. And how is that person making you feel when you deal with a challenge Mm -hmm. or... How's that person making you feel like when you guys have an argument? Mm-hmm. Just certain just certain things. You just got to kind of look at it and be like, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? Do they validate your feelings? And like, life is not a rom-com. And this is what mm-hmm. really pisses me off of a lot of relationships. Sorry, I'll, I'll be as quick as possible. But what pisses me off of a lot of relationships is that you guys are, are trying to get into relationships or trying to date and you're not looking at, okay, how is he with religion? How is he with kids? Mm-hmm. Um, how does he handle his money? Mm-hmm. How is he with his family? How is he with my family? Mm-hmm. How is he with my friends? Like, there's a lot of things that, that people are not looking at. Like, oh, he has these tendencies. Would I want to live with someone like that? Like, mm-hmm. you guys are just looking past it. And some sometimes it's over the looks or sometimes it's over the money. And sometimes it's, oh, because I love him. And I feel like you can't risk that because you're building trauma for yourself. No, truly. I think sometimes <laughs> it's just also to say that you do have that. To say that I've yeah. got a man, have you? Or... Yeah, me and my man do this, or look at me and my man going to the shard, um, you know, every week. Like it's just very much for the image. It's very much for the materialism. It's very much to say they have it. But sometimes being on your own and being lonely can sometimes be the best, you know, form of self love. Oh, one hundred percent. Honestly, being with the wrong person um, and going above and beyond for people that don't appreciate it. Mm. Um, that don't you know consider it uh, sorry they don't consider your feelings mm. um that use and abuse you sweetie it's 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 not worth it so yeah it's man, not worth it's it. just um make sure you're with people for the right reasons not 100%. not to say that even the right person's always going to be easy because no relationship's easy no of course not but um, you've, you've looked at the yeah the, you you've looked at okay, well, he's not the best at this, but he's good at this, or he does this, or he does that. Wait up. Do you understand what I'm saying? But now when you're sitting there and you're settling, like, why are you doing that? The dating pool has roaches in it it anyways. Why would you want to invite that in your home? Like, just have sense. This just reminds me of the the red flag um, trend that we're seeing right now. Oh, God, everyone was just indirecting one another. (laughs) I I mean, I can't relate because I feel like I'm a perfect human being. I don't have any red flags, but, you know. Anyways... Some people are really in that field. Some people's ones are really specific, and I'm just yeah. like, you were waiting to get that off your chest, weren't you, babe? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because I was seeing stuff like when he's tall. Like, why would you complain <laughs> about that? Tall men are it. Like, they'll always be it. What are you talking about? Cindy loves a tall man. If I you haven't realized, I do love me a tall man. And with that, <laughs> <laughs> with that, we're gonna dive into the second story of the evening. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And I'm going to tell you the story of Dan Zapp and Danielle Keener. Okay, I've never heard of this one. 
you haven't heard of this one. Oh. Because it's a survival story. Survival, oh. survival, survival. We love a survival story. It's our first one on this podcast. Woo We do love a survival story because you know what? Sometimes we just want a happy ending, man. Yeah, you know what? Like we were talking about the other day, we have had some really heavy stories on here. Like, I started off this podcast with my first story, which was the Hello Kitty murders. And to this day, that shit still haunts me. Um, not yeah. to say that this this story is, is is you know a walk in the park because if it was we wouldn't be talking about it on a true crime podcast. Exactly. But it's a survival story, and I want to get into the details of it. So, my sources for this one was CBS news story A River's Edge, and also the classic and also amazing I Survived, of course. Um, and this one is from season two, episode one. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Karen Kilgariff. From my favorite murder, that's like one of my favorite podcasts ever. Yes, they're they're, they're so sick. I love those. Yes, women. and of of course, um, the lovely Georgia Hastark. Um, but the reason why I say Karen Kilgariff is because I only realized that I survived was a thing after she started telling her I survived stories. Right. Um, and it's just an incredible program. The the yeah. things that people go through, um, and the trauma that they're able to, like endure and come out the other end and tell their stories what what strength right yeah um and so i'm excited to tell you this story so i'm gonna mm-hmm. pop my bag up here i'm gonna pop it on no i'm not gonna pop it on the apple no, juice just, just place it there. i'm gonna pop yeah. it here Ooh, i feel like a newsreader okay right okay <laughs> minute <laughs> so i always tell stories i think from my other like around the same period it's really weird we're gonna take it back to the year 2000 um, <laughs> why are you looking at me like because you're so silly, you're so silly. <laughs> january 8th to be exact literally <laughs> the turn of the millennium i really wish i was old enough to enjoy like new years for the millennium can you imagine how lit that must have been it was so lit because you had people on one side saying oh my god it's the end of the world and you have people on the other side saying Oh my gosh, the 90s were so great. The 2000s are going to be better. Yeah. <laughs> and they were. Yeah. yeah. No one, nothing can top the 90s. Like, I, sorry guys, I definitely think they were putting Molly in the food. Because I swear <laughs> to God, when I talk to any adult about the 90s, everybody's just, just had to be man. there. Like, you just had to be there. Like, the pictures I always see just look so litty. Yeah. Like, when my kids look at my pictures, they're going to be thinking, okay, mom, anyway. Ciao, anyways. I don't take any pictures, so my kids are going to be like, what did you look like? And I'm going to be like, I don't know. Sometimes that's best. Live in the moment. Right. (laughs) That's the story, right? January 8th, 2000. This is Goldsboro, York County in Pennsylvania. I really hate the way that Americans write borough. Like, it's borough, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But it's borough on here. Goldsboro, B-O-R-O. Weird. Weird. I don't um, want to say anything about Americans in it, like, because I want to, I want to say something mean, but no, we love Americans. Hey, we love Americans. We love Americans. Someone at this table loves Americans more than I do. I don't love no American. I'm no American. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, get your basketball players. Don't worry, I will. Don't. I need to lay off this JD. Right. <laughs> Woo, child. Okay, so Dan's app. And Danielle Keener, they're both 18 years of age Mm. and they're meeting up for their second date. Aw, young love. Beautiful. Um, So they decide to walk down to a close by scenic marina Mm -hmm. in York County to skip rocks by the riverbank. How cute. Uh, Skip rocks, you know. 
Cindy, why is your face like that? It's a romantic day. Some people would be thinking, mm, sorry, sweetie, I need to be going to the shard. <laughs> I about to skip rocks. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't want to show my materialistic adorable. side. I think that's adorable. I feel like I, I can't do the cute romancy stuff and all on the second date, baby. Like, you're, you're trying to win this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we, it it was this. 2000, though. So, like, come on, I think, I think things are limited. Things are limited. I don't know if I believe that, because my sister was getting taken out to bish-bash-bosh places, like... I know, but also, so, you got to remember that we're from big cities. We're from London... Like, also, your family grew up in, like, Paris and stuff. Like, yeah, those are big man true. cities. Like, that's very true. flash and, you know, exciting cities. This is somewhere in York County, Pennsylvania. Not to disrespect you lot from York County, because I don't know about your ends. So, if if it's a popping area, please accept my apologies. I don't think it is, though. We're going to cuss you out. <laughs> I know, this, this is really coming about. <laughs> this is really looking like I hate Americans. I swear down, I don't. I love you guys. I don't have American Yeah, family. you man are cute. You man are cute. Okay. So, they're chilling by the waterside and then they see a man um, roll up with his uh, red Ford pickup truck and he jumps out of it and he opens his passenger door. Uh, sorry, his passenger. Oh my God. Say again. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's start that again. <laughs> So they're by the water size and they see a man drive up with his red Ford pickup truck who opens his passenger door. Jo- oh my God. Passenger door. Why do I struggle to say that? I don't know. Passenger door to let his Rottweiler out of the car. I um, So the Rottweiler comes out of the car. He starts playing in the water close by and he re- reassures the couple like, it's fine. Like he's really, really playful. So they're down there. They're talking to the guy, having a lovely little chit chat. And after about five minutes, he puts his dog back in the car and asks the couple if they need a ride anywhere. So the young couple decline. He says, all right, no problem, cool. And he drives off. Mm. So they continue about their, their skipping rocks. Um, they're enjoying their lovely second date together. However, as they start to walk back out from the marina, mm. um, away from the water, they then see the pickup truck drive from behind them and block their pathway horrifying i'll be thinking what the fuck is about to happen like that is i don't think you even got time to think you'll just be thinking what like are you okay yeah or something did something happen to the car yeah Yeah, like i don't know where your mind must go but that was terrifying as he blocks their pathway he hops out of the truck and then he threatens them with a gun and this is where their second date unfortunately goes left so he, amb- he ambushes them at gunpoint and tells the 18-year-olds to get into the red truck. He pulls off the back of the truck. So, you know, like in a pickup truck, they've got that th- that kind of back part. Mm. I guess it's the pickup area. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's called a pickup. You so. know, when I used to go to Jamaica, yeah. Jamaica mm. is so funny. When I used to come, like, get to Jamaica, some mm. guy used to come and get us to take us from, like, Montego Bay Airport to, like, my... um my family home mm. and there's just like no health and safety like concerns in jamaica because we really used to sit, sit in the back of the pickup truck like on top of the suitcases yeah but that's just no in the caribbean you see the the, the long road up the hill there's You're no like... there's no barrier on the hill there's no like seat belts no, nothing from help like th- th- nothing from stopping you falling out of the truck anyway so that area of the truck he tells <laughs> just vibes <laughs> no health and safety at all so he tells um them to get into the truck um, but 
he actually only allows Daniel to get into the back of the truck and he puts him in there with the dog. He then tells Danielle to get into the cab of the truck, which is, you know, the little driver's seat kind of area with yeah. the passengers yeah. part. Yeah. Um, sorry, they're both, their names are Daniel and Danielle. So I know, I was about to say that. It's, I was like... it's kind of hard to, to make sure that I'm saying the right names, but mm, bear with cute. me. It is very cute. It is cute. Um, what would yours be? Cindy and Sindel. No, no, no. What's another guy's name that's like kind of similar to Cindy? Sydney. Oh yeah, Cindy and Sydney. Or mine would be like Monet and Montel or something. Monty. Ooh, <laughs> that name's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Monty, you know. God damn. Go on, carry on. Excuse me very much, like that's a seventy-five year old man. Um <laughs> So, from inside the, the back of the truck, Daniel tries to call 911. He's got his cell phone on him. But remember, this is 2000. So, mm-hmm. like, it's even harder to try and catch signal at this point. Mm-hmm. And even now, three. Three UK in this 2021. Got three, so up your signal. I'm fed up of not being able to have 4G. Please. I'm tired of having phone conversations with my friends and then it goes to full bar and no one can hear me. Sometimes I'm on the phone to you and I just hear blah, 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 And I'm like, what is that? Are you underwater? Like, what is going on? What the fuck? It was so weird. Anyway, three, sort yourselves out. Exactly. Or I'm not paying my bill. Exactly. Um, so he tries to call 911 from the back of the truck. But because they were by a river in a really kind of rural and remote area, the signal was minimal and so he couldn't. So, of course, at this point, he realises, shit, this is... I'm not going to be able to get you know, hold of the police. This is not going to go well. And fear sets in and he starts to accept that he won't get out of the situation alive. Um, so if you ever watched I Survived, this is like first-hand accounts from the survivors talking oh, they to their talk. stories. Yeah. Damn. So this is Daniel telling the story telling the story about what he's gone through. And Danielle's also in it telling, you know, her part. Mm-mm-mm. So while Danielle is in the front of the truck, um, the kidnapper starts to spin narratives that he's kidnapping them due to her father owing him some money for drugs and that he was doing so so he can get some ransom. However, as they drive, he actually drives directly past Danielle's house and he doesn't flinch. He doesn't indicate that he knows where you know they are um, and oh, that she, he knows where her family lives. Mm. And she actually sees her stepfather and brother on the porch of her house. Oh, no. And she tries to indicate, like, she tries to put her hand up to indicate to them, like, you know, help me also, oh, almost. No. But she can't make too much of a movement. So she just literally puts her hand up and looks like she's kind of waving. And her brother waves back to her. If it was me, oh my days. If it was me, I would have just slapped my head on the Honestly, like or like done, done something with your, with your mouth. But the thing is, it's so easy to be like, you would have tried to mouth yeah. help. You would have tried to do this and that. Yeah. But the shock that she must have been in, like her the things that must have, like, honestly, it's you, you, so easy to kind of, you know, speak from this angle and say, I would have, or I should have, I could have. But in that moment, it's split second decisions. And mm, mm. he actually waved back to her, bless but the driver isn't affected in any way. And that's when Danielle realizes that she doesn't know her family at all. He doesn't know where she lives. He doesn't even recognize the fact that she's just seen her brother. Um, and so that um, makes Danielle know that he's, he's definitely lying shit. and he's chatting shit basically. And he didn't know any of them. Mm, mm, mm. So they continue to drive and he ends up taking them to the, right, bear with me, Suskyohana. Suskyohana. 
Susquehanna? I don't care, that's how you say it. I'm going to say Susquehanna. Sus name. <laughs> In a remote area about 12 miles from where they had been kidnapped from. Mm. He tells the kids to get out of the truck and he forces them to walk down to the riverbank as he walks behind them. He then tells them to stand side by side as they walk down to the water. <clears throat> he starts to ramble on about how sorry he was that he has to do this and how he has to kill them. And as he's doing so, he keeps shooting into the water to emphasize each point that he's making. Oh, they start to then, you know, plead with him because they're hearing gunshots. They're realizing shit like he's ready the to kill us. might be at me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's there, you know, they're telling him, look, you can take my valuables, you can take our wallets, we've got cell phones and laptops at home that you can have. But unfortunately, he says to them, look, you've now seen my face, I've got no choice but to, to kill you, I cannot let you go. So he turns the couple and leads them back to the truck and they continue to plead with, them, with sorry, they continue to plead with him, mm. saying that they'll do anything for him to let them go. So inside the truck, so that now they're back in the truck. So Daniel's back in the in the the trunk of the truck, mm. and Daniel's back in the front passenger seat. Mm. And so he turns to Daniel with a creepy look and says, "So, you said you'll do anything." So unfortunately, as you you know, as you can probably guess, what he wanted next, of course, he then starts to threaten her with sexual assaults. She agrees to it, of course, because it's either that. Or you die. So, you know, it's, it's the lesser God. of two evils, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in order to save both her and Daniel's life, she agrees to, to you know, go, uh, go ahead with the assault, unfortunately. She sees Dan's, uh, Dan's head lift up from the back of the truck. It must be, like, either through the rear view mirror or, you know, by turning around. It, she doesn't specify. But the kidnapper also sees him. And um, he screams at him to keep his fucking head down. And of course, Daniel's helpless, so he does it. And he says, you know, I had no choice, but, you know, I had to just hide again. And I, I just had to accept what Danielle was about to go through. And this is his girlfriend, right? They're both 18-year-old kids and they're on their second date. It's, it's awful. It is awful. So as he's helpless, poor Danielle describes the ordeal of her not even being there. Almost as if she and her physical self were separate. Oh, at the end of it he pulls his pants back up and tells both of them to get back out of the truck again at this point they think it's all over and he starts to direct them back towards the river so danielle says okay now you're gonna let us go right like that's what you promised you said that you were gonna let us go you said if you were gonna you know if you if i allowed you to do that to me mm. you were gonna let us go mm. and he says yep i did tell you that i'm gonna let you go now so as they're, as they're facing the river, Daniel then turns back towards the kidnapper to see, you know, what is he's doing? Because you just said that we're going to, you know, he's going to let them go. Sounds too easy. Yeah, but it sounds too easy. And they're still supposed to be facing the river. Yeah. They don't know what the hell's going on. So as he turns, he then says he feels a force that knocks him to the ground. And in that moment, he describes it as things going into complete slow motion as his mind tried to race to comprehend what had happened. So Danielle now is still, you know, standing. She looks down at Daniel and she starts to see Daniel um, cough up blood, blood's coming out of his mouth. Oh, no. And she then realizes that he had been shot point blank in, in his neck oh, at close God. range. No, 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 Awful. No. At this point, 
Daniel couldn't tell where he was um, and he didn't know why he was on the floor, but he realizes that he's starting to bleed and that he realizes, okay, where am I bleeding from? And then he realizes he's spitting up blood as well. Mm. The shock of that makes him kind of, you know, start to fade out. And Danielle leans down to him and they both start to say their goodbyes to each other because they realize they're about to die. This is horrible. Awful. 18 years of age. Um, and a second date at that. On your second date and you've started it so lovely. You're skipping rocks. You're down by a marina. It's, it's awful. You know, it's it just is. been the turn of, turn of the millennium. You know, it's literally like the week after New Year's. It's January 8th, you know. Everybody's mm, still mm, in great mm, spirits. It's mm. just awful. Um, and so, yeah, she, they lean down to each other. They, they say their I love yous and they say their goodbyes. And then he falls out of consciousness. Daniel says, the last thing he remembers is hearing loud bangs. Um, and then hearing Danielle fall backwards into the water as well. The kidnapper then fires again at Danielle. He then drags Daniel into the icy water as well. And the temperature of the water brings him to. So Daniel is now awake again because the water is so cold that he's now like awoken. I've heard this. Yeah. I've, I've heard this with, with plenty of like victims. Like mm. they will come across something like they'll, uh, in the snow mm. or sometimes it's dirt when they're like almost buried alive or something like that. And mm. it's like it instantly just it shocks them. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It, jolt, it jolts them. So he, he's now awake and he's realizing, shit, this is what's happened. I've been shot. I'm bleeding. I'm now floating in a river. I've just heard Danielle get shot at. She's also in this water too. And at this point, Danielle also, Danielle also says mm. that she also comes to due to the um, temperature of the water. Yeah. And she fills her mouth and realizes that she's been shot through the jaw. Mm-mm. Her tongue is flapping. She's spitting out teeth. And she also Sick can't move her left leg. So she she realizes something is very wrong. So Daniel says that while they're in the water, he can see the kidnapper watching them from the riverbank, right? So he's trying to float with the current and play dead because obviously they both realize this guy's watching us. And if we don't play dead, he's mm. probably going to try and shoot at us again. Yeah, this guy's a fucking yeah, psycho. Yeah. So they're both facing him. So it's not even like you can turn your head because if you turn your head, it's going to it's gonna look like you're alive. Right. So they, they both continue to face him and they play dead um, and they just, they're just hoping that the kidnapper believes that they're both dead. So Daniel is further out into the water and Danielle is closer to the riverbank. So at this point, I'm not sure if they both realise that either one of them is still alive. Mm. So because they're quite far away from each other and both of them are just floating in the water... The, the understanding is that either one of them believed that the other one is Was dead. It. Yeah. Um, but then Danielle realizes that, um, realizes that Daniel is also alive now. And he says to her, kind of whispers to her, just don't move. So that um, obviously, like I said, he continues to believe that they're both dead. So they continue to do this and they float for quite a while until the kidnapper on the riverbank then decides to get into his truck and leave. So Daniel then forces them to try and swim back to the shore. But Danielle is starting to lose energy. She's been shot through her jaw. Like she's, she's bleeding profusely. So is Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. She can't swim. The other thing is, is that you're trying to float and everything, but one of her legs is even, it doesn't even work. Right. Um, she can't move her leg or whatever. Um, 
But, you know, Daniel was persistent. They have to get out of the water. They need to get away from the situation. And as they're, you know, getting out of the water and they go towards the riverbank, they then notice a man sitting in the hills uh, on a chair and they start to call out for help. Um, so as he starts to hear them, he's like, no problem. Great. There's a red pickup truck coming. So I want to call them for help. No. So... Of course, the couple then think the man is returning. So they're like, hell no. So they're trying to be like, no, no, no. It's the guy. It's the guy. Like, no, you can't call the guy in the fucking red pickup truck. This is just the dude that's done all of this to us. The, other, the guy is so far up in the hills that he can't really comprehend what they're saying. He's just trying to get them help because obviously you can see that they're in distress. Mm. So Daniel was like, fuck this shit for a laugh. And he makes them go back into the water because he's like, we either go that way and we see that guy again or we go back in the water and we try and swim away and we try and get away from the situation. Right. So they then try, they're, they're now attempting to swim through the water and go in the other direction to get as far away as, you know, this red pickup truck as they can. Mm. But by the grace of God, the, this red pickup truck has somebody else in it. So it's a different truck. It just looks right, the same. Right, right. Like, what are the fucking chances, dude? I know. Honestly. I know. And this time it's a man called Pete Prowell, a local duck hunter. And they do come down to help the couple. And the guy from <laughs> the guy from the hills, Daniel says, the guy from the hills is like, what the hell? Why have you gone back into the water? Because obviously he doesn't understand why they've gone and done that. Mm. Obviously until they explain because they thought it was the same guy. Mm. So he's just really confused. And then they get help um, and they are rescued out of the water and they're taken to York County Hospital. Wow. So Daniel, uh, Danielle's injuries were, uh, sorry, Danielle's injuries were assessed, um, and she had a really badly lacerated tongue. Oh um, a portion of her jaw where she'd been shot through had been so badly damaged that, according mm. to her doctor, it looked like Rice Krispies. Can you imagine your jaw look like Rice Krispies? I don't want to imagine that. It's awful. Yeah, I don't want to imagine that. That's making me itch. Yeah, it's making me itch as well. Now I'm itching. I know. I hate stuff like that. Same. This is so bitty. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Um, and because the injuries were so bad, she actually had to go into an induced coma because, you know, after all of that, you're going to have to go through, you know, multiple surgeries. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, yeah, a very invasive procedure. Dan's uh, injuries were also very severe. Um a bullet had passed through his windpipe. Bless. Because remember, he's been shot, uh, he was shot point blank in the back of his neck. What the fuck? Um, and there was a really bad and severe risk uh, that he could also have bone fragments um, that were able to like nick an artery in his neck. Fucking um, hell. And then if that was to happen, then unfortunately there, there could have been a possibility that blood clots could then... Um, develop. Yeah, develop and mm. then could then cause a stroke. Um. Mm. But since um, Danielle had been placed into a coma, detectives were only able to question Dan about the crime. But Dan was so was you know kind of unable to to speak because of his injuries. So he wrote down a really uh, detailed recollection of the crime for the police. He described the the truck, um, the outfit that the kidnap was the kidnapper was wearing, mm. the shoes he was wearing, and even down to the abductor's dog Sam. Um, 
So oh, they start to do their investigation. And because Dan and Danielle had been pulled out of the water, the spot where the crime uh, took place was kind of unknown at first. They had mm. to kind of just go off of this um, description that Dan had given them. Mm. Um, but police had ended up being able to search the riverbank and from, and from that evidence they were able to sorry from the crime scene they were able to find evidence which include blood uh shell casings as well and that was um a few days after the shootings so um dan's really great description did actually lead the um, police to his abductor mm. and the man in question was a man called william babner uh he lived in york as well so in the same area. Um, and he also had prior arrests on his records. How old was he? That is a good question. How old was William Babnar? <clears throat> Shall I find out? Because what were they? They were what, 18? Yeah. Does it even say? I don't think it said, you know. But he looked like a big man. Do you want me to find, uh, there's a picture of him. I'll show you right now. Here he is. Oopsie. There he is. Yeah, he did that shit. He did it. <laughs> look at him. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, he bastard. doesn't look like a very nice man. He doesn't. He, He's a bastard. Look at him. Yeah, actually, wherever I... Both sources that I used didn't actually say his age. Mm. But um, he didn't look like a young man, let's, let's be honest. I would say he was in his 40s or 50s. God. Um, any younger than that, then sweetie, I don't know. Drinking drugs are not for you. Um, <laughs> so, um, so when they show a picture of Babna in a lineup, Dan immediately is able to positively um, identify the man as his abductor, mm. or as their abductor. Abductor, sorry, that's same. So, police learned that William Babna was staying with his girlfriend and her children at the time. Mm. So, fearing for a hostage situation they decided, you know what, we're going to go and wait outside the house mm. and wait until the girlfriend and the kids are away and then we're going to go in and storm the house. Uh, so that's what they did. And so when he was finally on his own in the house, um, they arrested him, finally. And within the house, they were able to recover an, uh, a number of items that, in, that matched Dan's description, including his Nike trainers, his black Nike trainers that Dan described perfectly, mm. uh, that also had blood across them. And also during the house search, they were able to find the nine millimeter gun that he'd used to threaten and shoot them with. Mm. Um, and they also even found Sam, the Rottweiler, um, which blessed the dog didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> Poor baby. But he was registered as um, Babner's dog. Ba- uh, Babner was the registered owner. Mm-mm. So, two days after the attack, an arrest was finally made. So when they finally stood in this house, this was two days after. So it was it was quickly a pretty quick turnaround, considering you know these young kids were in horrific states. Um, but you know Dan gave a really really great description. They were able to find the, the um, crime scene, collect evidence, storm the house, and make an attack. So very quick turnaround, about forty eight hours. Um, and so William Babner was finally arrested, mm. but this bastard, as bastards usually bastard, he refused to plead guilty. I love it when they do that. I mean, what what are you what are you trying to do? Well, like, the evidence. I love it when they do that because at the end, the evidence is overwhelming, and then they just have no choice but to find themselves giving themselves a bigger sentence mm-hmm. than they originally did. And that's what he deserves. 
Exactly. And like you said, honestly, <clears throat> it's your business. I think it's cheeky when they do. Um, then they say they're not. They're not guilty because. Um, sorry, I think it's cheeky when they just say they're guilty because I just feel like you deserve the worst sentence. I don't feel like you should get a lighter sentence because you just said you're guilty. Yeah. Like, but any hoozles. So, even though he, the evidence, like you said, was overwhelming, Dan and Danielle had no choice but to testify against him at trial. So now they're going through a whole other kind of traumatic experience, yeah. having to kind of relive this in, mm. in, um, in court. Yeah. However... Six months after being um, abducted and put through all of this trauma, Danielle Keener and Dan Zapp took the stand to testify against William Babner. Mm. William Babner was finally convicted of rape, kidnapped, kidnapped, you know, mm. right? <laughs> William Babner was finally convicted of rape, kidnap, attempted murder, and his sentence was, guess what? 150 years. 117 to 235 years Man, I was in prison. I was, I was yes, there. you did well. <laughs> Spot on. Um, and Danielle in this in this account says that he really took away her faith in humanity. You know, oh, she's she's you. she was 18. Both of yeah. them were 18, and yeah. she says that as her friends went out to parties and enjoyed, you know, their, their teenage slash early adult, adult life, mm. she was terrified to even go to the, li- the library across campus. Um, she had to really learn and relearn how to have uh, faith in people and life again. Poor but baby. she does, she does learn how to do it. And eventually she gets married and has a child. Uh, and also, Daniel does the same. He does go on to get married, and they oh, do shit, remain. Oh shit! They end up together. I know. I kind of hope that they were. <laughs> I like, hope something survival like that. Like you're I, not even on my side. I hope that they ended up together too. But I think if that was your second date, yeah, it might have just been hard. Yeah, yeah, it might have just been hard. It was. I don't think it was even like they were friends or anything. It was obviously like they were in a romantic setting that happened to them, and it might have just been the fact that one, it might not have been that at all. It could have just been like they just didn't want to pursue a relationship. But also. Yeah. Having to relive that all the time. Reminded. Yeah, yeah. Every time you wake up, it must be hard. Um, I'm like, hey, remember when we survived that thing? Like every yeah. single day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? While you're trying to make the kids breakfast, it's it's not easy. It's not. Um, and they they both have immense uh strength respectively. They do. Um, yeah, but they both go on to have their kind of respective lives. They have they get married. Um. And they have beautiful families, and they do actually remain close friends until this day. Oh, I love that. I, I love know. That. She says that their strength united them, and that at the time um, they survived so that they could save each other. And Dan actually says that if they were in a situation, if they were in that situation without mm. one another, he doesn't think that you know either one of them would have been here to tell the tale today. Um, and so Dan Zap is currently working on his PhD in psychology. Oh, um and Daniel Keener now Daniel Keener Maguire is also a clinical social worker. We love that. We, we love, love to, to see, see it. it. <laughs> and that is the beautiful and very very traumatic um and brave survival story of Daniel Zapp and Daniel Keener. Thank you so much for telling that story. We just, you know what, sometimes as traumatic as it is, we love to hear a happy ending. Yes. You know, they came out on top and I hope that that bastard you know, rots in jail. Because, Honestly. You know, he, he took away... He, he took away that, that girl's youth. He took away that guy's youth as well. That's right. I'm pretty sure that the, the guy has kids now. It's, where are you going? Who's there? You got, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
They will never be the but same. Yeah. You'll never be the same. The same people that you that you were ahead of that. Um, actually, at the time, this that CBS article was um written in like two thousand and nine. So Dan probably does have his PhD by now. Actually, yeah. So, um, so but well. both of them, you know, incredible um qualifications. You know, incredible so careers that they hear. both have. They both have beautiful. Um, families and like we always say we hope that those stories and that trauma does not define them that is only one you know small piece of their life and there's exactly. just so much more beauty to life and that you know they I hope that they they wake up every day and that they can live happily and, and beautifully and just not have to think about you know this this story every single every single day but I, I can imagine that it must be so hard um, and so like I said immense immense strength and bravery exactly exactly well done to them do you know what I mean truly um do you want to hear a quick personal story yes <laughs> uh, yes let's go for it we've actually finally got our timings right as well we I'm really have. proud of what he's actually got we time have. left over for we us. have we have so I'm gonna make this super quick okay and um yeah okay so one of my babies called Kate, she's located in Wolverhampton. She hey. can't make it, obviously. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to do safety measures because we are still in COVID. Yeah, so still she, a pandemic, people. Exactly, we're still in a demo panic. So mm-hmm. she couldn't make it, but she was quick to tell me how she got an ASBO at the age of 14. <laughs> I love this girl, like, I love her. Oh my God, do you remember ASBOs? They still like issue them. I think they do still issue ASBOs. Wow. But I don't think kids are as naughty as, as, as we were. Yeah. Actually, we can't speak, I don't know. No, there's some mad kids. I remember like, being in year 11 and like year eights were like behind the sheds, like smoking weed. And I was just thinking, this is busy. Um, but I remember like when like the peak Asbo time, like when it first came into um into play and everybody used to think that everybody they used to have like a, a Burberry hat was like Asbo. <laughs> like like looking like they're in Ali G. Good Girl. times. I want to hear about it. Let me know. Okay. So this was when Kate was like 14. So uh, when she was 14 and she was living in Pimlico. Uh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> there used to be like an estate where she was from. And there used to be like an, a black, an abandoned kind of section where her and her friends at 14 would just literally just go in there and like drink and smoke. See? And like do graffitis and stuff like that. And they would just make so much noise basically. They were an inconvenience. And every single time that like... um one of the estate officers was called or something like that. These kids were like, sly. So they would run off. And, like, ah, and run off and blah, blah, <laughs> Kids are so silly. Until one time, like, I feel like the estate officer was kind of plotting now where he was just kind of like, I kind of know this method and blah, blah. And a lot of the residents were sick of complaining about, yeah. like, yo, these kids are running rife everywhere. Like, something needs to be done. So they tried to do it again. And, you know, they were all high. And they had all been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know when like they kind of heard like the officer like kind of make any form of noise they tried to run off but the police were waiting for them oh they said we've got you meddling kids exactly so um they were all caught and everyone was just p- pointing blame like placing blame like well i wasn't involved i was just here to like join in on the fun and whatnot but they had actually like although the place was abandoned they were really damaging property so you know, they were smoking underage. They were drinking underage. And they were yeah, damaging. You remember that it's you know, 14 it was criminal, years of age. Do you understand? Yeah. It was criminal damage as well. We don't make the greatest choices at we, 14. We, do, you know, we don't. Do you want to know why? Because we just think we're unstoppable. We yeah, think, oh, definitely. Happen. Do you know what I mean? And that you're going to be 14 forever. Exactly. And I think, I assume that this is what Kate thought was going to happen. Mm. But she was arrested 
because she's 14. Oh, poor baby. She, yeah, she had to go to court and um, they just issued an ASBO to her. And like when I did interview her and told her, you know, like, what did you learn from this? And, you know, like, have you looked back at your younger self and just kind of been like, like, what the fuck was I thinking? And she was like, yeah, of course I was. And she's like, but I wasn't thinking. I was like in the moment, like, oh, this of is Of course, at 14, how much do we really think? I did we some don't. stupid, I did some stupid stuff between about, I would say between about 12 to about, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be like a 10 year window. <laughs> nah, to about a good maybe like 16. Oh, I'm, I'm still fucking up. At least you stopped. No, no, I'm saying like the really stupid stuff. Oh, don't no, don't I'm think it's the stupid stuff st- like stop there. Like the graffiti and all that stupidness and the smoking oh, okay. underage. Yeah, that was yeah. about 14. Listen, sweetie, I was still doing stupid shit until like in my good early 20s, I exactly. think. I was still, and I'm when I look back, probably when I'm in my 30s or, you know, mid 30s, 40s, and as we go on, I'm probably going to look back at this age and say, oh my God, I was really doing some stupid shit at 26, 27, you know? So, um, yeah. but yeah, definitely, I wasn't the greatest kid. I wasn't the greatest kid either. Like, I would, I would throw parties behind, like, my family's back. <laughs> um, I, like, I used to be, like, this hustler. Like, I used to be this proper hustler when I was younger, so... Were you shot in biscuits? Again? No, I wasn't shot in biscuits. I was doing even better than that. Ooh. I had a t- you know those tins that you need with a can opener? Like me and my like my best friend, what we would do was we, we like we designed it and we would just go around asking people in Stratford shopping centre to like give money to charity. And like obviously back then, you know, conservative wasn't running, you know, the country. So everyone was willing to give to kids for charity. And before I knew it, I had a drink up at the age of fifteen and they, they helped fund Wow, <laughs> no, you know what? That is real. I'm a hustler, baby. Wow. You know what? Let me no, let me even give you a, a round of a round of applause because that is dedication. Thank you. Yeah, man. Some people would have just stole money out of their their, their parents' purse, but not y'all. Oh no, oh no. We it, it, you know that that money managed to get me my outfit for my fifteenth. That it managed to get me my my drinks. It managed to get me the food. Like. It was lit, but okay. Back to back to Kate's Did you story. Do you or a charity? Yeah, <laughs> we had the like. So we had the can like this can opener. We designed it to like oh give money, and it was around. You know, I'm a December baby, so it was mm. like a- around the Christmas times. And like I said, labor was in 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 like in office. So mm. you know, people were more willing to give because there was money to give. Mm. So it was just like oh, can you help us? And people were just dipping their ten pounds, their five pounds, their two pounds. And it was just like oh my god. Like, I might even try that to this day. <laughs> Give me ideas now. <laughs> now nah, we were. Do you know what it is? We, we, like, look, at, we were just crazy. So I can understand what Kate is saying with this story because um, back when I was younger, like, I just used to. I used to be so brave. Like, mm. I just used to be so crazy. I just used to think I was unstoppable. Mm. And what's crazy was that I was literally just 14, 15 year old black girl that just used to just do all sorts of shit that now looking back at it it was just very like thank god you had your youth like back then because now you're a big woman you know cindy like no no honestly <laughs> i feel like i look back on, on my age on my age i look back on my kind of teenage years i just cringe i just cringe i was thinking like Mane, were you okay like are you okay are you all right you. <laughs> like are you okay but you know what we all did silly and stupid things as, as teenagers. I think that's all part of being teenagers. As long yeah. as, you know, it's not too crazy. 
you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? We all go, if you want to experiment, you might want to try some drink, a little weed, a little this, a little mm. that, cigarettes. Um, mm. It's all part of that kind of experimenting phase. But um, It's true. Oh, bless Katie. <laughs> nah, she's a, she's, a, she's a sweetheart. Kate's a sweetheart. Um, but thank you for your story, Kate. Guys, thank you for listening. Oh, Kate, not Katie, my bad. I don't think it matters. Oh, okay. <laughs> trying to get her name right. But yeah, that's how um, Kate got her ASBO. Thank you for sending that in. Lovely. Do you bust Kate on that? Like, does she... Because do you have an ASBO forever? Or is it just like... Does no, you it, don't have an ASBO Does forever. it kind of... Um, has it got like a limitation, like statute limitations? So, when you're... I think probably... When you commit crimes before your late teens mm. most of it gets erased okay because i think i was first arrested when i was like 15 and i don't think i, I hope I, I still don't have that on on file i remember getting written up because i spat outside of a chicken stop what the fuck i yeah. had a fight in stratford shopping center and you're actually just spitting like what the fuck yeah i remember i spat was it gum or something like i spat gum out yeah that's it outside of a chicken shop on like a high road outside my school I spat um, gum out yeah. and the fucking community police officer wrote me up, the bitch. That's a bit funny because they can write you up but they don't have the power to arrest you. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you just really did that for like a little power trip, innit? Oh, of course they did. But, um, sorry, yours is, is yours is busier, boy. Oh, yeah, common assault. <laughs> Guys, I've changed now. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, common assault. But you did end up getting a whole law degree. So, I mean, shit I came around. Bolster, right? girl. <laughs> Yes, we love to see it. We do love to see it. But guys, um, it's always great to tell a story. It's always mm-hmm. great to be around my best friend. Um, uh-huh, thank you definitely. for that fantastic I Survived story. And um, I mean, I learned about Bobby Kent. I didn't know about it at all. But I am going to go and watch all the fucking... Was it Larry Clark? He, Larry Clark is... A, he's an amazing director. Mm. He's up. Sometimes you guys just need to expand from Quentin Tarantino. Or Steven Spielberg. Like, mm-hmm. There are really great directors out there. Mm-hmm. And how I came across kids or, or bullies, because I read a lot, and he's made so many controversial films. And it's just been like, wow. You know, he should be bigger than he is, uh, in my opinion. I'm looking forward to watching some of his films. I love, a, I love a film. I do. I love good films, man. So I'm excited to, to definitely watch kids, because you've always told me to watch kids. And now I guess I'm going to watch yeah. Bully and, and find out like a bit more um about about bobby kent i guess yeah i mean kids was so so it was shot like a documentary film Mm. and kids was so like realistically shot it was so bad that he like the director got questioned because he was like why are kids doing this Mm. like why are kids involved in this shit why are you showing them like having sex like Mm without condoms or what i'm not gonna go too much in, into the plot but why are they taking drugs and acid and stuff like that but obviously they were of age mm. but um there was just a lot of like a lot of people were just kind of rattled by it and this is what annoys me with society because stories like this no matter how exploitative mm-hmm. it is it should be told mm-hmm. um but you should definitely watch it and the thing that inspired me was because i you know i love the weekend we both love the weekend and he exactly we love we we love some able but basically he said that his his life story growing up was basically kids without the aids oh wow and one of them obviously this was filmed in the 90s and obviously aids was 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 like hot back then Mm -hmm. um so when he when he said that i was like what the fuck like that that film is really fucked up that those kids were just living like like waifs and strays i was like 
fuck it, let me put it on. And then my, my, my jaw was just open for the rest of the, the film. Wow. So please watch that. And if you're so interested in Bobby Kent's story, please watch Bully as well. And um, yeah, thank you for listening to True Crime MC. I'm Cindy. I am Wane. And we are out. Thank hey. you. <sighs> I'm within good time. It is, it is even 927 days. We love to see it. It's 927. It's 927. It's 927. It's 927. It's 927. It's Okay. This thing's still recording. I know it is. Who's I'm calm because I'm not fan. I'm a fan of our clubs. Can you call clubs, please? <laughs> get out of here. Let's get out of here. It, it, it's very scary, isn't it? It's very scary. I keep thinking I'm going to see them ginger twins in the corridor. What, the two, the twins? Yeah, from Murder House. Oh, I thought you was talking about the ones that are in, um, what's it called? You know, you know, The Shining. Don't you think, yeah, twins are, no, they weren't twins, I don't think, unless they were unidentical. What, in The Shining? I think they looked alike, but they weren't twins. They have the exact same, they look exactly the same. Do you think so? I feel like one looks older than the the other. Yeah, I feel like one looks older than the other. No, not the bikes. Those are are boys. The ones with the dresses. Yeah, come play with us. Oh, man. Or maybe they weren't twins. Don't I feel like what? Um, And now I forgot, man. I I forgot. Is that just to... anyway. Okay, cool. Let's get it popping. Ha! Let's get it popping. <laughs> All of this is recording now, it's making me laugh. I know, we should just leave it in now. He's probably he's probably gone because he's probably thinking these bitches are always going over time. So they ain't gonna be done anytime soon. But we got time on point today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Guys, We're done early, yeah. Love it.